This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Great to have you guys back for another episode. Today, we've got a good one for you, another YouTuber. Uh, someone I've been wanting to talk to for a while. Uh, also, people have been messaging me left, right, and centre. So this is for you bastards. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking with Hunting with Stu, if you know Hunting with Stu. Uh, I think I looked this morning, it was around 207, I think, thousand subscribers at the time of recording this podcast, which is about the middle of November 2021. So he's obviously doing quite well. He's got some pretty interesting content on there, that's for sure, uh, especially about uh, shooting uh, the pigs from the canoes with shotguns and so forth, you know, the pigs that are sort of laying on the edge of the water. Uh, it is pretty good to be brutal. It's pretty, it's pretty raw footage, which I think a lot of people like. Good high-volume shooting if you like that sort of thing then you'll definitely like uh what Stu puts out so i think it's going to be a fantastic discussion today uh we're going to talk about lots of different things you know guns we're going to talk about youtube i get get a lot of questions about uh people you know when they want to start youtube channels and so forth so miles will put it to the best guys that have got the uh, you know fair amount of subscribers on uh, what to do to try and bring people in to what sort of content to make uh when it comes to hunting channels on youtube we're going to talk about you know quads you know canoe hunting motorbikes you know all that stuff in between calibers uh types of animals he likes to hunt uh you name it pretty much we're going to talk about of course as usual you can go to australianhuntingpodcast.com.au and you can find us on all the podcast providers spotify Castbox, uh, pretty much everywhere apple itunes you know pretty much just type in Australian Hunting Podcast, uh, and you will find it on a platform that suits you. We're on Podbean as well. That's the main server that I use to host the podcast. So check us out there. Leave us a comment. Also, if you're listening through it through iTunes too, if you could just leave a leave a five-star rating, that's if you like it, of course. Uh, leave a comment. I love reading your comments and everything like that. So if you could do that, that would be absolutely uh, fantastic as well. If you want to support the show, you can do so. Patreon.com forward slash AHP. If you'd like the content as well, I'd really really appreciate that ensures the podcast is going i've said it a hundred times i want to thank all the patreon supporters that do support the show without you i would have ended the show uh, quite a long time ago but uh, i do enjoy it and the fact that you guys do it too and, and able to you know facilitate me to continue doing the show is what really really helps me again thanks to all my uh people that sponsor the show have or have done in the past i really appreciate all the sponsors uh, i do appreciate it because again without them without the patreon supporters i couldn't do what we do right now so thank you very much if you want to help again patreon.com forward slash ahp if you want to go to australian hunting podcast at gmail.com you can email me for any reason uh, doesn't matter what it is we're still drafting up a lot more questions for another q a session might get a few people on as well there's lots coming up we're going to talk to a lot of hunters we've got heaps of shows coming up so it's going to be absolutely fantastic but anyway you didn't come here to listen to this hairy-faced bastard um yak on too much so we might get into 
my interview with Hunting with Stu. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Stu, thanks for joining me here at AHP. People have been asking me for a while. You've got to get Stu on. You're like, what are you doing? You know, your podcast is not complete if you don't get Stu on. So uh, I got a message. I think it was, a, it might have been an Instagram one about three or four days ago and had one in the past previously. And so I said, we'll stuff this. We're getting Stu on the show. You accept it. Here we are. Good stuff. Well, happy to be here, mate. Absolutely, mate. Uh, tell us about yourself. I mean, how did you? How did you get into? I mean, just first off, just tell us about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was born in Orange, New South Wales. So I was sort of country born and bred, and a lot of country guys grow up sort of hunting and fishing as they do. But my father, he was a um, a guide, for, and uh, him and another mate, Peter Gregory, they um, dad was Kevin Lawton. He's actually a um, fly casting champion, Australian champion, or whatever. But um, He's got the background of uh, High Country Safaris was his, was his um, company, and that was in the late '60s, early '70s. He did a lot of R and R from Vietnam guys that would come, and Americans had come from Vietnam, and they'd go on a hunting fishing trips. And I grew up through that, so I was growing up with buddy. Where's Dad? I go out hunting and fishing, and when he was back home, we'd go <laughs> hunting and fishing. So um, I think if he was a boat builder, I'd be building boats. But um, um, that's how we got started, and. Uh, I think there's a photo, a black and white photo of me and my brother, who's about 18 months older than me. Um, I was about five or six when we were shooting at 22, shooting rabbits at 22. So, yeah. yeah so, and I'm now bloody, you know, pretty bloody much older <laughs> <laughs> and uh, still shooting and, and loving it. Like, yeah, just, just loving the bush. Yeah, did you? And you said yeah. you were you were hunting with your dad as a kid. I mean, what if so? What did you? What sort of you know, terrain? What, what sort of state were you in? I mean, what sort of was what was the quarry? Yeah, was well, it rabbits we, or? Yeah, well, Dad, back in the like the seventies, uh, Dad used to make more money than Mum actually um, shooting foxes at night, and a lot of people used to do that because that was uh, that was when the fox trade, the fur trade, was all go, and no one was throwing bloody red paint on anyone, and uh, it used to be pretty cool to have a fox or a rabbit skin coat, you know. And so Dad was getting up to fifty dollars a, a pelt back in the seventies, you know. So. Uh, he, we'd go out, I'd go out with him and fall asleep at 2 o'clock in the morning just spotlighting rabbits. That was when he the old triple twos before he got off 17 and reboarded 17. But uh, a lot of it was like uh, professional shooting at night, you know, one shot, one kill, spotlight, you know, feed between the eyes and then you'd skid him out and peg him out. And we had an old scout hall that we used to just peg out the the uh, fox skins as well. And uh, and you'd just, you know, draw them out and if they'd be... They'd be um, They'd be all hard and dry, sort of thing, and bloke would come around and pay cash. And, uh, yeah, he'd have a $50 pile and a $40 pile and a $30 pile, and he'd come around once a month and just hand out all this money in it. And I would often be out with Dad doing that as well, you know, going through school. I didn't do my homework. You know, I'd just go out <laughs> shooting with Dad. And then on weekends, you know, I've got my first goat with Dad as well. You know, so um, that was with the 243 Parker Hale, safari grade. And uh, I'm a left-handed shooter. I've always been a left-handed shooter, but um, all my rifles were right-handed bolts. So a lot, a lot of people actually say to me, "Why do you lower the rifle off your shoulder when you reload with me left-handed 306?" And I said, "Well, that, that's a bad habit I've got because with a right-handed weapon shooting off the left shoulder, you've, you've got to lower it down and pull the, work the bolt." So I don't need to do that anymore, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, what about brothers yeah, or sisters or anything? They uh, did you? Yeah. I mean, were, were any of your brothers, or if you had any brothers or sisters, not sure if you only child, did they get into the hunting, or was Dad sort of more yeah, more, yeah, more proud a, of I've his son a, Stu? <laughs> yeah, well, I've got an older brother, 
He's 18 months old than me, and he's only just – he's now up in Queensland, and um, he's only just getting his tutor's licence because he used to come out tutoring us all the time. But he, he in inverted commas, he'd use, get a lot of dad's guns and whatever, but he, he'd never owned a tutor's licence, but he'd been out tutoring with us all the time. But um, And we used to make a great double. He'd ride the uh, YZ490, and I'd just sit on the back of his bike shooting, shooting off the bloody back of him sort of thing. Shooting pigs out <laughs> west, and uh, those were the days when you could have semi-autos. So we used to have a fourteen hundred Winchester, and uh, it was only two up in magazine and one the spouse, a three-shot semi-auto. And he would have two belts on his on him, so he'd have twenty-five and then fifty, and then he'd have like the Mexican style over each child another twenty-five, another twenty-five. So he'd have a hundred SGs in front of me because I'm on the back of him with a gun, and he knew to get the pigs once we got them running between one o'clock and three o'clock and I'd just bowl him over with the semi-auto and then just reload off his back. And uh, <laughs> we, we shot a lot of pigs like that. Of course, never videoed it. Jesus, she'd be great video that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could you imagine too, especially with a lot of videos you do, I mean, I've seen your videos as well and you, you know, you're either on yeah. the quad or, the, or the, uh, you know, you're on the kayak, which we'll talk about a bit later as well. I mean, imagine the semi-autos today, man. They'd be just going, you'd be you'd be just cleaning up if you, but maybe, the, maybe the pigs are thankful you don't have a semi-auto out there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I do have I do have mates that are um that are in the registry system. They've they've even said to me, "Why don't you get a C class license?" And I I just couldn't be bothered because I do like the idea of having to fumble for shots and bloody, you know, the bold action, lube action, thirty thirty, and lube action shotty, semi-automatic. It's probably too easy, you know. Especially yeah. like the Texan guys, they get the thirty round mag and five five six. Geez, yeah, you'd clean up. But he's my older brother, so then I've got a younger sister. And uh, she's about four years younger than me, but she's never really been into hunting. But the, I do remember a trip out west we did, and she shot about a hundred, hundred rabbits in the head, one shot, bang. And uh, there's a photo of her with Dad took her out, and uh, she just she's a great shot, but she just doesn't get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's she's done a bit of shooting, but nothing like us. And my brother, he's only ever, you know, shot goats and pigs and rabbits and foxes, whatever, whereas I've continued on. I've been to New Zealand and I've been to Africa and, you know, so uh, it's not it's not a, such a big thing for my brother and sister, you know, compared mm. to me, you know. Well, I guess, you know, probably a bit of a shame, I guess, your brother. My brother lives in Queensland too, you know, in between Brisbane and the Gold Coast as well. So it's kind of hard, isn't it, when you think, you know, you probably wouldn't want to spend, you know, more time with your brother doing a bit more shooting and you probably only get to do it every so often when you guys see each other. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, well, he's now in a position where he's like he's retired and he's traveling. He's got a spot up there. He's actually up at um, Lake Clyde. He, he manages that place now. And he's got um, uh, Barramundi in the lake and up that's inland from um, uh, Rockhampton, whatever. So he'd be up, up that way, just drop in. But uh, so he's getting right into his fishing and hunting now that he's now he's sort of finished. He used to be a real estate agent and flat out all the time, but now he's kicked right back, you know. So. That's why he's going for his license, his Queensland license, while he's doing it properly now. So, yeah, yeah. No, excellent, man. What was the when you were growing up? Anyway, you said what? Yeah, rabbits. You said you'd be foxing. What else did you get up to when you were younger with dad? Yeah, yeah. So, I've, um, rabbits used to be fun because you just sit. Dad used to just drop me off at a rabbit hole, and I just I knew, used to get uh, learn at a young age. Even just three days ago, I did the exact same thing. Uh, you just sit on a rabbit warren with the twenty two. Sit about you know. 20, 30 metres away, shoot the first one in the head and then they'll all go down and then they come up and about five minutes later and shoot another one in the head. And, you know, I'd love that sort of stuff. Great. Especially if you've got a couple of bunnies sitting by. But, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so rabbits. 
And then, of course, you just naturally promote yourself to, to um, the poor man's big games with the goats. I used to love goat hunting. Um, didn't do a lot of bow stuff, but I did get into it a little bit. I've got a bow as well, like a recurve, but um, I don't know. I just like the idea of rifles, I think, and shotguns. But um, uh, So I'd go up to mum and dad at a place down at uh, Long Point, from, um, so that's not far from Orange, on the Macquarie River. And he's got a lot of goats. There's a lot of pigs there now too, and deer. But when I used to visit um, on the weekend, the first thing I'd do is I'd say, "Hey, you going, Mum, Dad? Yeah, beauty, drop me again and go looking for a goat." <laughs> and uh, so that was good fun. In fact, often you'd you know you'd spy them from the balcony and you can right down across the other side. The deep bloody mob of, goat, mob of goats about ten k away. Go right, I'll get them tomorrow and I'll go down here and wade across the river there and then go up that bridge, you know. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, it really is and, a way uh, of life. What about, mate, what about, I'm not sure if you, I, I know why you do tell a lie because I saw one of your videos, you, I think it was your son. So if you're, you had kids and are they getting into it? I know you said you had a son and maybe a couple of daughters or something. They ever I've get into got, it? Yeah. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've, got a, I've got a boy who lives in Amsterdam and oh, yeah. uh, he's like a Viking bloody. He's a, yeah, but he's not, he's actually shot a bigger goat than I've ever shot and he shot pigs as well, but he's never really got into it like me. You know, he's always been into games or whatever and, and then he's veered off onto you know, home brewing and he's he's in Amsterdam and he's got a company over there where they do uh, micro brewing and all that sort of stuff. So he's more of a completely he's, he's completely different than me. Yeah, he's got the big beard and long hair and whatever. And I've got <laughs> twin girls and they're I'm down in Melbourne at the moment visiting one. She's a big city lawyer. And then uh, her twin sister's a um, physio working on become a, a, a doctor. And she's in Canberra. And both of them have never really been hunting at all. They're just not, not into it. But they, they like the fact that dad, you know, dad's a hunter. And he's a, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I've never really taken them hunting. I've taken them camping and whatever, but they just don't like the, yeah. the going out marking yeah. type stuff. You know? Well, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. This one I always ask people. Sort of a little bit personal, but if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. What about when you first, I mean, I'm not sure if you're currently married or divorced or whatever the situation may be, but partners in the past, you know, growing up and then, you know, you're a hunter, obviously. Obviously, you've had kids, so you're, you know, significant other yeah. or before. You know, what's it like when you've yeah. got to bring up, hey, listen to that, you know, like uh, some people either have to bring up they're a hunter either early on because, you know, you can't really hide it from anyone. What was your significant others or ex-significant others' reaction when you yeah. sort of first brought up hunting? You know, oh, listen, I'm a hunter and I'm pretty, pretty, pretty hard into it. What, what's the sort of reaction from the from the females? Yeah, yeah. Look, that's an interesting, interesting question. A lot of a lot of uh, listeners will um, uh, not know this, but yeah, when my son, I was telling you before, he, he uh, I've got the, the boy. He's actually um, uh, there's a big age difference because his mother uh, unfortunately died of cancer when I was we were 29. We we're both 29 years old. She was a mad hunter and fishing and what we'd go hunting up the Cape York and. She sent me to Africa on a, a big game hunt and whatever. Great. It was just a partnership made in, made in heaven. Uh, yeah. And then unfortunately, we only married for a few years and, and she died of uh, cancer and left me with uh, Brent, who was then five, um, but, uh, which is a you know, shocking sort of scenario. But, um, yeah, sorry so, to hear that. Yeah, terrible. No, that's what she, she was great. So it was just like a match made in heaven. Then I've basically done a complete 180 with my partner. So I've since then remarried, and that's where the twin girls come into it. Um, and she's not a greenie, but she's absolutely like she's not. There's no way she's going to pull a trigger on, on any animal. But uh, she does appreciate the fact that I need to get away from the sea. She knows I start fighting a bit, and I've got to go. So she's never ever stopped me from doing anything. But it's really interesting 
when you're talking partners and whatever. But uh, I've always been a hunter first and foremost, and um, I don't change myself. You know, everyone changes a little bit, but you don't change that much. And she must have understood that, you know, She's not going to change me, but um, she's definitely not a hunter. <laughs> so yeah. Just don't let her tune yeah. into the YouTube channel, then she might <laughs> she might be a bit uh, surprised. No, right. I, don't think she's ever, I actually don't think she's ever watched one clip, so there you go, my missus. <laughs> but um, the kids have. They go, Dad, I don't know how you do it. And then they've got friends that, that, that are YouTubers that have got like a 1,000 subscribers, and they go, how did your dad do it? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's always a question I get all the time, you know, either, either I get the question, you know, from guys that are, you know, they've been hunters for a long time, they may be late 20s, early 30s or whatever, or or they've been in and out of a relationship or divorced and they say, well, you know, I'm bringing it up with this new, or I'm bringing it up with a new partner, how do I do it? Or a second question yeah. is that, like, maybe they've been in a marriage and they've got children for 10 years and they go, geez, I want to really try this hunting stuff. I went out with a mate just to, just to look to see what it's like and they love it and they go, I'd really like to get into guns, but then... You know, they've yeah. sometimes very difficult because they've got wives that say, nah, never having a gun in the house, it's crazy. How yeah. to try and navigate something like that. I mean, it's always it's quite a difficult thing. Yeah, well, I often, I, you know, it's, I've got a few friends like that, but the, it, basically the answer is you've got to go with your heart. You've got, to, you've got to look at the man or woman in the mirror and you say to yourself, because you can't bullshit yourself, you can't, you, if you've got to look in the mirror and you just go, you know what, this is who I am. And if I'm coming into a down a path in life that's with this particular person, they want to change me radically. Well, maybe I don't need to go down that path, you know. And then that person might have to change a few things to fit in with your life because you've got to run your life and they're going to run theirs. And eventually you'll meet someone who's, well, I'm a classic example where my missus is totally, not, she's not a greenie, but there's no way she's going to come out hunting with me. But we work, it works. It's great. Yeah, no, I mean, that's good to hear as well. I mean, the first part obviously is not good. Your first partner obviously passing away, that's obviously pretty... I'm sure you had some good times with her though, mate. That's the main thing, eh? You had hunting and shooting. She probably got some fantastic memories, eh? Yeah, well, she's still got a set of pig tusks. I've got one of the tusks and my son's got the other tusk. And and his mother who died, she she shot that pig in 1984. And I have yet to get a bigger set of pig tusks. <laughs> so there you go. And I think it'll be a sad day if I do, and when I do pass that, those tusks, because that was bloody a long time ago. Absolutely. I haven't beaten that record, so that's a classic, eh? Absolutely. I was going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back. Camo Warehouse is Australia's leading supplier of quality hunting clothing and accessories. We stock leading outdoor clothing brands such as Rocky Boots, Georgia Boots, Hunter's Element, Ridgeline, Spiker, 511, Stony Creek and many more. Camo Warehouse is the leading supplier of optics and shooting accessories including Leopold, Bushnell, Zerotech, Lyman, Powerbeam and Lightforce. We can also order in custom Boyd stocks from the US to your specific requirements. Camo Warehouse offers flexible, zero-interest payment options including Afterpay and ZipPay. Order via our website at camowarehouse.com.au or give us a call on 02 6771 2836. Stu, mate, tell us about, I mean, you probably don't have time because you're a busy man making hunting videos all the time, but uh, do you do any other shooting sports, you know, like targets or clays or nothing like that, just just, just purely hunting? Yeah, I did. I used to, back in the day when they had $2 notes, I used to get paid $2 an hour to sit in the trap and put the clay targets on the <laughs> trap and the automatic trap thing. I used to smack me thumbs all the time. 
and often would be the case the boys would finish shooting and I'd be still there waiting, ready to put another two on and then they'd yell out, oh, you know, after they finished shooting, oh, gee, you can come out of the club, to the trap. So I used to get paid at the local gun club. Um, did a bit of trap shooting, but uh, I think the best I ever got was 8 out of 10 sort of thing, but I never did. Dad, Dad was very good and his brother, Max, was very good, went on to national titles as well, but um, I never got into the sporting... Uh, arena of, of shooting, you know, like match shooting, other than with the army. Like when I was a gunslinger, I used to do a lot of range shooting and match shooting and whatever, but um, that was part of your job. But, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. how did you navigate that too? Like when you're in the army and how did you navigate the hunting part of it? Obviously, you probably, you know, did, did you get transferred a lot or that sort of thing or how did that sort of work? I was pretty lucky in the later part of my career because uh, I did 35 years in the army and I got out only five, in 2016, but. Um, the last 10 or 12 years I've been in Sydney and I've just been posted around to Holsworthy and Victoria Barracks and, you know, Randwick Barracks and whatever. So we've been very stable and I did an unaccompanied posting to Darwin where I was up there for three years, uh, rod in one end to the Baron, gun case in the other, literally gun case in the other. So I was up there unaccompanied and uh, so I had access to Tipperary Station and um, it was nearly every weekend to go hunting and fishing because didn't have to come home to a family and I was up there for a three-year posting, so that was a good fun. So um, everywhere I've been posted, there's game animals of different varieties. I was posted to Townsville, and I used to have access to uh, the birding and river and birding and downs and hunting uh, chittle deer and, and dingoes and pigs out there. And then when I got posted to Canberra, I used to go out to Bungandor and out that way for the fallow deer. Um, when I was in Sydney, we used to we used to just go back home and out west. But um, no, it was great. So whenever I've been posted, there's always, you know, you get weekends off and weekdays and week weekends and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Good. I mean, now that you're hunting now, I mean, how long do you normally sort of go away for? I mean, when you go out hunting, do you normally go for a weekend? Because you're putting out a fair few videos, haven't especially more so probably in the last one to two years that I just was checking today on your, yeah. on your upload of videos. So how often do you sort yeah, of go well, out for? Do you go out for a week? I mean, now that you're retired, I mean, you know, you, yeah, you've got to keep the wife happy too, mate. You know, <laughs> you can't be out all yeah. the time. So Yeah, well, that's right. Well, when you look at the, it's a bit deceiving because my channel is now a channel, but I used to, not really changed the amount of time I went out. We go out. I've got a few hunting mates I go out with, but normally it's me, Steve, and his brother, Hood. There's sort of three of us that go out generally. Um, and we go out sort of January, like the January following, and then we go the June long weekend, and then we might go August, September, and then we might sneak one in December type thing. So it might be three to four times we go a year. And we only do like three to four day trips. Um, and there are some weekends we'll shoot 100 pigs. Um, and in that time, like say for a weekend, say it's a three, three pig hunting trip year. Well, then in those three trips, I'll take around about four hours of video because I'll use a Sony action cam. It sits on the side of me, right side of my head because I'm a left-handed shooter. It gives that sort of first-person shooter angle sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Gaming type bloody look. But um, four hours of, of high-quality video. And in of a long weekend, so that might be four days, about an hour a day, topping. I'll get back, upload it all, and we say, you've uploaded 170 video clips. Some of those clips go for two seconds because I turned it on and I didn't need to. And then I'll, then some might go for two minutes where I'm just running through the bush and there's no pigs or anything. I just thought something might happen. So there might be half of those clips I just delete straight away because there's nothing on them. But then out of that one weekend, there's two hours of video that's worth you know, posting up. So out of that, I'll, I'll then pick out the about a fifteen minute worth, 
and then have like a bit of a morning and then a lunch and afternoon. Uh, here's a toast to the pigs that got away type thing. So I'd make it a bit of a storyline to it. Exactly. And yeah. Um, yeah. like a day-to-day type thing. So out of that out of that weekend, I'll post that 15-minute clip. Give it a couple of weeks, post another 15 minutes, another 15 minutes. So I've used up the used up the two hours between the next trip. So the next trip might be, you know, three months' time. But I've posted five clips from that one trip and then I'll often do a best of that clip of that trip because there's still another month to go to go out again. And then by the time I've needed, you know, I've used up all my new stuff from the last trip in, say, January, by the time June comes up, I'm ready to go again and then I've got some more video and that's how I do it. Yeah, exactly. It seems interesting, eh? People think, oh, he probably yeah. this bloody bastard's out all the time, the lucky bastard, no, you know? That's right. <laughs> and what I used to do, uh, and there's a guy at Cool Booze at Maroubra, he, he was one of the early subscribers, he said, Stu, your clips are too short and there's too big a gap between them. So what I used to do is just the, the actual shooting, like a pig running up the bank, bang, post a two-minute clip up. And then I'd post another up the next day, next day, next day. And then I'd have all my good clips posted in a week. And then it'd be three months before I go out again. And he, he actually talked me around. George from Cool Booze and Maroubra, he just said, Stu, you know, the, the clips need to be longer. You know, I don't, need, don't mind there being a little bit further between, but gonna need, I need to be able to sit down and have a beer. So I got, then I started <laughs> to learn from my subscribers you know, yeah. what, I, what, I'm, what works best, you know. Yeah, well, hopefully, oh, no, hopefully the buggers are out there supporting you too, man. Instead of getting, yeah. the, I talk about this a lot about free content and helping out your your providers and your and your and your, your posters and your hunters and your, your your social media people and stuff. So hopefully yeah. they'll help it out as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm so bad at social media, but like, and I think that's that's the attraction is that people see that the videos I put together it's just me smashing together a, a few clips and sometimes when I put them together it misses some of the words and whatever put it together but what you see is what you get is real raw there's no music or you know slow motion or anything like that but um, um, the only thing that was missing was photos because people oh, no, I didn't know how to put a photo on the video so uh, I've got an Instagram now to do that so that's how I started an Instagram account so hunting with underscore stew which is linked to YouTube, but I think I still don't know how to link it from YouTube to Instagram. But anyway, yeah, um, no, that's good. Yeah, and 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 people people just love that raw fact. So if if you've got the big screen TV, you're you're in the bush. You're the one in the kayak. You're the one shooting that run on pig sort of thing. And and uh, and uh, and my daughter say that. She, they said, Dad, don't change anything. Because I go, oh, how do you get more subscribers? Well, you've already got maybe a couple hundred thousand. You don't need any more. Yeah. Well, you will get them. I wouldn't be complaining if I was you. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be complaining. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, interestingly enough, I mean, let's we'll start that now. This is a good, good, um, I guess, segue into that. I mean, how did you get to think to yourself, well, you know, I want to start making videos and put them on this bloody YouTube platform? Well, you know, I've always I've always had a video camera or a or a camera of some sort in my hunting kit, and what I used to have was a uh, just a video recorder in a brown bag, zipped up brown bag, and I'd have it across my shoulder like it bloody over my shoulder and off the other hip sort of thing, and it would sit there, and I'd have the thirty thirty between my legs, and I'd cross the handlebars on the XR five hundred, and I'd be riding around, uh, knowing that the video camera's there. Sometimes I'd pull up, take a bit of video of the youths going past or my brother or whatever, or the pigs coming at me, right, take a bit of video, then put the camera away and then shoot them. 
and then take a video of them on the ground. So I've got a lot of old VHS stuff from years ago, like the old retro type stuff. So I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. And then it was about, oh, well, I got into YouTube about 2014. So it was about about 2013 or something that I that GoPros came out. And I thought, oh, that's a bloody good idea. Like put something on your head and you can just forget about it, you know. So I was looking at the pros and cons and I ended, ended up getting a Sony action cam because it sort of fits me perfect, you know. And uh, Sony have been around for years and they just got a bit smaller, whereas GoPro change every year. And I've got mates that have got GoPros and they just bloody... If they hang around me long enough, they end up going Sony anyway. But um, it just sits on the side of my head. I only ever turn it on when I think something's going to happen. I never have it on standby. Um, and sometimes I'll miss uh, footage, but very rarely do I miss a big bust in there because I just think, oh, something's going to happen here. And if I do play, press play, and nothing happens, well, I'll just turn it off. But often I'll capture stuff where I've ridden, you know, I'll ride up to something, I'll turn it on, I think, oh, something's going to happen here. And I'll ride into somewhere and, of course, they all bust out and I get the whole lot on video. So it's a natural progression that I've gone from video cameras to now actually getting it all on video of me shooting, whereas before I'd put the camera away and then I'd do all the shooting. So that's where it all sort of came about. And the YouTube, how, how I got onto YouTube was my hunting mate, Adrian, who we were both in the army together. He was at Canberra and I was in Sydney. We went out west. I took him out and he was on the back of the bike and he just shot all his pigs. And I called the clip. Four minutes of hell fun because it was just four minutes and it's like 40 or 50 pigs getting shot. And he said, look, I need a copy of that. And I said, no worries, I'll put it on a thumbnail for you. And he said, nah. And he's on the phone with me. He said, have you ever got a laptop? He said, anyway, talk me through getting on YouTube, you know, doing a name, which I just happened to call it Hunting with Stu, posted this clip up and he said, look, I'll ring you up in about four hours. He, tipped, he said, bring me, bring me when it says processing right over. And it was only four minute clip. Rang him about four hours later. I said, yes, yeah, processing is right, okay. Does it say post? Said, yeah, anyway, then I posted it. And he goes, yeah, got it. He goes, I can download it now. And we both watched it. And it was only like four minutes. And uh, and then I said to him, how many people have you got in your house? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, it says 350 views. And he said, yeah, well, it's on the internet, mate. He said, it's around the world. I was oh, yeah, right, okay. And that was the first <laughs> ever clip. And that's yeah, where right. it all started from. So my old Adrian got me into it, and then from then I just that went from there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing yeah. how technology's come yeah. forward. We got we got these little cameras now that can fit into the size of a bloody you know deck of playing cards. I, I mean, you know, good good for yeah. the perfect for exactly what you do, eh? Like when you're riding around yeah. and you got pigs in front of you, you're on the kayak, and I mean, I was, yeah, was going to ask might, you yeah. where do you sort of want to take the channel, but I guess you've already made it really with two hundred thousand. What's the next thing? Five hundred thousand? What's the next? Uh, what's the next well, target? I, what I say to yeah, what I say to people now, you've seen the clips now. What's that? You've seen the, you've watched the clips now. Play the game. So <laughs> I've been talking to people about having a game, hunting with your game. Where it's just you know first person shooter type stuff, and the zombies are walking around with the gold cards and whatever. And then when you shoot a zombie, you, it opens up another, you know, and then you can get in a kayak and then you shoot bloody pigs run up the bank, you know. I reckon that'd be a good game. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, if we, can, if we can't do it, if we can't do it ourselves, we might as well do the next best thing, which is play yeah, a game, right. eh, you know. Yeah, yeah. What but about? No, I've, um, I've always, I've always liked the fact that um, in the back of my head. In fact, my brother said to me, um, you know, people would pay money for this, you know, what we do. And I was, yeah, I know. And he goes, you've got a lot of videos yet. And since I've been out with Steve and put, you know, they just live for these trips and so do I. And then they just go, oh, buddy, great to see you, mate. Big bear hug. Oh, and um, 
Um, they just said, look, the good thing about this, us capturing this on video is that more than us, you know, it's not just us that can have fun enjo- and enjoyment watching this stuff, you know. It's, exactly, it's, yeah. We're, we're part of it. But a lot of these subscribers that I've got, you know, they, they, not, they don't rely on me, but they just go, oh, Jesus, you know, I need a couple of beers, get your stew on and buddy, um, and just forget work or stress or whatever is going on. Just watch me in the kayak, buddy, five minutes and you'll, you know, you'll forget everything. Yeah, I know. That's what I like. What about any any? I mean, we all get it. I've had it. Probably you've had it. What about what about the bad comments? I was talking to another YouTuber just the other day as well. And you know, if it's not if, if it's not uh, you know if it's not the aunties getting upset with things being shot, you know, surprisingly sometimes yeah. it's actually you know shooters. You know, whether it's you know jealousy yeah. of not having anywhere to hunt and and you know everything's a problem. As you said, like example, you lower the gun. People are always complaining about something. You know, yeah, yeah. how's it been? For you, not too bad. And how do you? I mean, with two hundred thousand, how do you deal with the, you know, well, I guess yeah. negative publicity sometimes? There's only, well, it was years ago that I, I found on YouTube that you can enable comments. I, I for the first, for the first probably year or two, I didn't have any comments, and it was just posting the clips up and oh, there you go, and another one topping. And then I saw that you can enable comments, so I did that, and then I really enjoyed, and still too to this to this day enjoy replying to people when they um when they send you know like good shot mate and i'll do a heart or if it's any sort of they've put a bit of effort like oh yeah what do you do with the meat well then i take the effort to go look mate well we're not set up with a bro i've got a pro shooter mate dave uh he's all set up and he's actually a pro shooter and um sort of going channel big balls one out but um when i'm out with him he'll take the meat you know so and, and sell it but when we just ask me steve and could um, we just shoot them and bring them up the bank just leave them because the farmer just wants us to thin out the numbers yeah, so when I get rid of them, say yeah. that to some people like even if they're the greeniest of greenies well, why do you kill the poor pig did I take the time to say uh, in Australia they're feral you know just a few sentences in Australia they're feral you know uh, within a week the carcass has gone other pigs foxes cats emus, not emus bloody eagles you know they Clean up the carcasses within a week, and, and often I'll get a reply back. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, getting them So there's only the ones that the, the comments that I'll delete, which is very rare. Will be like, oh, where would you like me to get your kid and shoot your kid in the head? Well, I just delete those because that's stupid. Yeah, but the ones exactly. that ask the question, why kill pigs? I then tell them. You know, in the northern beaches, yeah, right up north Australia, they, they, they'll sniff our turtle nests and eat the eggs and. And they go, oh, shit, yeah, well, okay, get in on you. So often, um, they're not real bad comments at all. Uh, they're just they're just people that don't understand. You know? And then you'll get sometimes where I'll shoot a pig up the bank and then I'll get a shooter that'll go, oh, I would never shoot above a right, you know, over a rise. And then I go, point taken, mate, but we are on a uh, 75,000 acre paddock and I'm the only one in that in that whole area. You know, so that's still not an excuse, but... Then they they'll either go yeah no I still wouldn't do it you know yeah they should just um, enjoy, just, the, just enjoy the content like just enjoy the content <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah well that's right yeah and I often subscribers or people that are watching that think will answer for me and if I haven't checked you know if I haven't checked the comments for a while you know, it'll say, you know why should pig and then someone will go like oh, go on, go on, you know watch Bambi or something go and then there'll be six or seven comments from other blokes that have answered it for me and I'll just you know 
him a little hard. <laughs> exactly. And I guess um, that answers my question I, too of you going away. I mean, that means you're I guess it's not really a foot. Yeah, you, know, you retired now. So you probably don't need to. So it's not a not a full time YouTube gig for you, is it? No. No, but I do. Uh, I find myself. People often say, "How long do you do it?" But like when, like I'll go out and I say that one, that you know, four or five days shooting. So out of a given sort of three months either side of that week, that that um, hunting trip, there's six months of me not hunting at all. And I'm just off doing kayak tours on the northern beaches or I'm doing different things or catch up with family or I'm not hunting, I'll go fishing or whatever. Uh, and then the video side of it, as I was saying before, like you know, that four-day weekend, I've downloaded them within an hour and then I've segregated out the ones I don't want to see within the next hour. Uh, and then the only time-consuming bit is is um, is putting together what I want to put together, like it'll be like, oh, a bit of that, a bit of that from that trip, you know, and then post it up thinking, right, this is good. This is happy. I'm happy with this. And then I watch it like as if I'm one of the subscribers, you know, so when, when I post it up, I watch it. And by the time I've watched it, you know, in 15 minutes, there's already maybe 30, 40 comments and hundreds of views, you know, so that's how I, that's how I work. So it doesn't, it's not very time consuming, consuming at all. You know, it's, it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and then I, on my, mainly on my Instagram, I'll get people little, on, on YouTube, they'll say, how can we contact you? Like, oh, this is my mobile number. Yeah, give me a call. I want to go out hunting. You know, I tend to leave those guys, you know, asking those questions. But if, they, if they're keen and they want to contact me, they'll go to the Instagram and then get me on Messenger and then say, hey, Stu, you know, and then I can answer offline, so to speak, what they want. And, I've, you know, I've caught up with folks like um, Night Vision Australia and O-Light Australia and, you know, those type of people that want to give me a product to uh, to use and it, and and they often you know need a bit of money in it for them too but they it's to help me out as well I think oh my god it'd be great you know yeah and that's how I, I generate a bit of interest for myself and I think oh my god yeah, I mean, and how no, has it been? I mean, I'm, it's been, you know, over the years, I speak to a lot of people, a lot of different YouTubers, podcasters. I mean, sometimes Australia seems a little bit, especially compared to the US, I mean, there are a lot more companies, not a lot more willing to, to you know, support sort of the, you know, the content creators, the social media people, the YouTubers, the podcasters. How have you found, I mean, you get obviously some really good numbers. I mean, other than the O-Light and a few free products, how have you found yeah. it generally? Because I've had some, I've had mixed results personally. I know a lot of people have too, and just more of the support from like companies Companies or importers or yeah. whatever. How, how have you I found think, it? Yeah, well, I think I think because I'm not I'm not shaking the cage and I'm not out looking or asking questions that people are asking me. They're finding me and then asking me. So I, I you know, people come to me. So that already half the battle's won because they've got something for me and they just want to let me know that they've got it. Whereas if I'm out looking around, oh, I want to use your stuff, then I'd get a lot of closed doors in my face, I suppose. But um, these guys are actively and me, and then saying, "Hey, look, I think you, I think you'll benefit with this, you know." And there's there's stuff I've got from companies that are bloody generous, you know. That that last one of these these last of the, the night in Australia, that's a thermal scope. There's no way I was ever going to buy myself a thermal scope. But these guys have actually given me a thermal scope and just said, "Look, this is yours, Stu. Just do what you want with it," knowing that I'm gonna it'll be like a review thing because my reviews are like, "Let's go and check it out." Like I'll talk for two minutes and then. Let's go test it out, and uh, exactly, then people yeah. will buy that product because they'll see me using it. Um, and that's the same with everything that I've got, like that fast um, um, recharging thing. That was the blue eddy thing. 
I just did a review on it. And I still haven't used it, still in shed, but I did a review on it because it was like I Googled it. It was like $3,500 worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be yeah. handy yeah. because, you know, you got uh, the um, solar panels you put out and whatever. So, that, you know, you charge your phone and bloody everything, you know, lights and whatever. So that these people know that uh, the benefit in – because it's, it's free advertising for them. And uh, for me, it's just like, yeah, you can have it. Oh, it's beauty. And then as soon as I try it, it's like a Black Hawk ammo. People say, what do you run through your Adler? And the Black Hawk ammo guys, they actually gave me that, the ammo. They said, we don't want to hear a review. We, we just want you, we want to give you some ammo just to look after you. But I think in the back of their head, they, they know that when people ask, I just say, oh, I'm running Black Hawk ammo. So then I go and buy, I go and buy a packet of Black Hawk ammo. Yeah? Mm. So look what goes around and comes around. So... Um, I get a bit of free stuff, but then a lot of the blokes that give me the stuff, they're getting their kickbacks as well because people go and buy it, and it's great. I think it's great, man. Exactly. And we're going to talk, we're going to go to a break now, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about hunting from the kayak. So we're just going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. Do you need genuine reason? The National Shooting Council is the only true national political voice for shooters. And we offer genuine reason for hunting licenses in Victoria, New South Wales, the ACT, and Queensland. And we are working on expanding genuine reason to other states over the next couple of years. Don't just join an organization to go shooting. Make your membership count. Get your genuine reason at nationalshooting.org.au. All right, Stu, let's talk about the infamous kayak shooting. Um, I reckon it's pretty pretty hilarious, pretty awesome at the same time. <laughs> you can get pretty much so close up onto these pigs. Um, the only probably thing I would say is I'm never going to lend you any piece of equipment because I know it'll get bloody used very hard. That's I know that. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen your gun and your scope. I thought, man, that gets some work, eh? God bless him, it gets some work, eh? All my guns are bloody are um, working guns. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm not a flash bloody high class bloody you know tens of thousands of dollars things with a 15 power scope and tripod and whatever. It's just you know it's just bang bang bang. But um, yeah, the kayaking. I've always there's a there's a video of me in 1970 something with a red terry toweling hat with dad. Mum's doing the video, and I think, and we're paddling down Torsetti's Macquarie River in a canoe, and Dad and I were shooting foxes off the bank. He was shooting with his bow and arrow, and I was shooting with a twenty-two, and that's where I was sort of introduced into waterborne hunting. And we've done some sneaking up on the goats right onto the banks and stuff like that. And in the back of my head, I've always known that the kayaks are pretty good. And in the Army, I was a kayak instructor, so I was a UHL sea kayak instructor as well, so I did a lot of kayaks. So I love my kayaks. And there was a trip, oh, must have been probably now, probably 10 years ago, that we're out west. And we used to always just shoot in the morning, especially when we were out with Dad, because Dad used to get us onto all these places. And and uh, since then, he just comes every now and then. He, he often digs us and says, oh, I got you on these places. I never get invited, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, I'm taking him out next week, so everyone can be happy. But, yeah, exactly. But, get him um, on the camera too. Give him a bit of, give oh, him a, give him a a bit of exposure, you know. Yeah. He is a character, yeah. But, um, you know, we're out and Dad's trips are like, right, we shoot in the morning till sun up till about 11, 10 or 11 o'clock. And I'm going to go and have a sleep till at 2 o'clock. And, of course, then we'd go and catch some yabbies and do whatever young people do, you know. 
And then Dad would get up, and then it'd be like some three o'clock till sunset. Then we'd shoot pigs sort of thing, and then and then at night we'd do a bit of spotlight, and that'd be it. And we did that for years and years and years. Didn't didn't pay any attention to anything because it worked, you know. And there was one trip we're out, and um, I said that we Steve said, "Oh God, it's just too hot, and uh, I'm just gonna have a sleep under the tree or something." I said, "Yeah, no worries." And I'm thinking, well, I might go for a walk down the, down the billabong because the pigs would be down on the bank. And Steve goes, "Ah, oh, too bloody hot, you mad bastard." So I did that walk down, shot a few pigs on the bank, and then I thought to myself, geez, it'd be good in a kayak instead of body walking. So the next trip, which was on the same year, uh, later in the year, so it was even hotter, I brought my kayak, and Steve's going, what are you doing with that? And I said, oh, just get a buddy, take it down here and have a look. So when those guys were having a sleep, I took the kayak down, and I was just shooting ball after ball. After. I've got it on video, and I had a bloody great time. We got back. Uh, ready to go out for the afternoon shoot. Dad is saying, what are you doing down in the back? You're both shooting kangaroos. I said, no, they're all pigs. And then Steve's cottoned on the idea. So the next trip, Steve's got a kayak. You know, so he was <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, real yeah. quick. And I've always been a traditionalist, and I've stuck with the, you know, the paddle and whatever, and Steve's now got a bloody electric motor and really... <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's it like but when you when you're heading down river and you're shooting? I mean, does it normally does it spook any of the ones down around the corner or no? Nah, not really. No, nah, the only time pigs are very good, as you know, with the with the smell. So if you've got the wind behind you, um, the pigs are going to smell you. But if the wind's in your face or or there's no wind at all because you're keeping in front of the keeping in front of the, your own scent. You can sneakily paddle down around corners and you'll see them all the pigs on the bank and often they're asleep and you just paddle straight up to them. Um, and I've just got these big white paddles, but I've just recently got, got a uh, like an Indian-style paddle for a canoe, which I haven't tried out yet, but it's going to be a lot sneakier. But you paddle up, just take your time, get yourself ready, cock your rifle, gun, whatever, and you just slide straight into them. And uh, and it works every time. And the only time, sometimes I'll look at you and they'll go, what the bloody is that? Because you're not standing up like a person, you're like a log and they just don't, they can't smell you, but they can see you from a distance. But then you just take it a little bit easier. And very rarely do I pull into the bank and then get out of the kayak and go up and around a bit of a U-shape and then come down on them, which is easier because they just don't see it all. And then you come in the bank and say, what are you ferals doing in Australia? You know, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Hey, but, what's um, better? I mean, what's better? I mean, I guess for probably for personal viewing for people, probably better to sneak up on them, shoot them from the kayak. But what, what do you prefer, getting out and then heading down on them? Because there's, no, there's really nowhere for them to go, eh? If you get get down and then walk down, eh? If you get, if you get on top of them, there's yeah. nowhere for them to go, really, is there? No, well, that's right. And it's... And it's like the the uh, it's a really cool way of hunting because you you've pulled the kayak in, you've got out, and then you know the pigs are just because I've often backpedaled and gone around the corner and then got out of the kayak, put the boots on, whatever, and you know they're there. So you're sneaking already, you're in predator mode as soon as you leave the kayak. Whereas often when you're on foot and you you're just hunting normally, you're just crunching through the bush and you just hope that the pigs are on the bank, but you know they're there because you've seen them. So it is pretty cool that you can sort of back back around and get out and do that. Um, but I think I still like, and I think it's because of YouTube's turned me that way, and I think like a subscriber, and I think to myself, people are watching this, they're going to want me to go right up as close as I can, and as they bust out, I just start blasting, you know, something. So yeah, I, I, tend yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I tend to do it that way rather than bloody, uh, yeah, I yeah. think. You know, it's almost like a... 
a uh, test to see how close because yeah, when I see you, I've, oh, I've watched, yeah. watched a couple today as well. I've already seen him before anyway, but uh, I just yeah. was watching him again, you know, and I'm looking at him. I go, Oh, how close are you going to get? I can't remember this one. I can't remember uh-huh. how close he gets. And it's almost yeah. like a thing, eh, of um, just to sort of see how close they get. On, on the one I was watching this morning, again, just to, you know, gather up a few more questions, it was, it was, it was yeah. just, it was just one sitting in there and you, you, you were doing it. Your mate was behind you in the, in the, I think it's a blue kayak or something along those lines anyway. You were sort of heading down and then he jumped up and he yeah. looked and then he, he he ran about probably only two or three steps and then stopped and looked and he just you know just hammered yeah. him and wailed on him you know like it's you wonder why they stop eh? like is it is it just what's that i mean it's not moving well, what is that or you know yeah well often those pigs will get surprised by something or well, something has given them a sixth sense and they'll jump up and they'll think well why am i running and they'll have a bit of a look around and then uh very rarely if they're not sure what it is they can't smell you or see you or, or hear you or whatever, they'll jump up and something's made them jump up, which is me, you know, 10 metres away. And then they'll look and go, what is that? You know, like I'm a pig, something scares me. You know? And then bang, down I go. How many you reckon you've shot off, off the off the kayak or that sort of off those, you know, sort of, yeah, let's say off the kayak, how many you reckon you've shot over the years? Jesus, oh, I don't know. Well, I posted a clip, two clips ago, of, I, re- I reloaded 100 rounds. And I said, how many pigs can I shoot with 100 rounds? And I think I shot about 80. I didn't miss any, but I got to finish a few off. Yeah, and that was yeah. just one. That was just one clip. There's 100 pigs. Um, oh, I've shot thousands of pigs over the years. Um, and, you know, to this day, a bloody half-grown pig can jump up and I'll be just as excited as, you know, as a teenager. Exactly. The pigs have just got that effect on people. And that's why they're so bloke. That's why I'll get my videos my channel pigs only uh, because they're just such an amazing animal. Um, but, but God, yeah, I, I've shot thousands out of that kayak. Um, definitely hundreds and hundreds of pigs. And sometimes I've used the kayak to go to different areas or off one side of the bank to go hunt, you know, a bit of a loop, a bit of a hunt, and shoot a few back in the kayak, paddle down, then go to the other opposite side, bit of a loop, shoot a few pigs back in the kayak, and not shoot any pigs from the kayak, but I've used the kayak to. Shoot 50 pigs, yeah, yeah, up on the bank for you know 200 meters because often pigs will only go, especially real hot, they'll only go a couple hundred meters from water. And if you keep that area, if you're walking along a billabong, don't walk along the billabong because you'll you'll only shoot the ones on the on the water, which there might be two or three, you know, over that one or two k's. But there's 50 or 60 every you know two or three k's. 200 metres off the, off the water, and especially the bigger ones, they'll sit off the water and they'll come down and have a drink and then they'll go back a couple hundred metres. Like Is that what they mind, generally you know? do, you reckon? They don't go really get, yeah. like, even from, like, when you're coming down those little, you know, billabongs or rivers, whatever you want to call them, and then, you know, so what, they won't go too far, you reckon? They'll just, what, sit up in the in the thick stuff if or something? Think, or Yeah, well, if I'm if I'm in predator mode, often I'll paddle past where you see where their they've footprints and their snouts and whatever they've been wallowing. But if you see where the water's disturbed, it's a different colour, you know they've only just been there. So yeah. I'll pull the kayak in over there where they've been wallowing, especially if it's discoloured because it's still murky from where they've jumped up within the last half an hour and just walked off. Pull the kayak in and I'll just go right angles from the water bank, 200 metres, and 90% of the time you'll put things up straight away because they've come down and you only need to go 200 metres because that's where they'll, they'll find something sheltery, you know, shady tree or something, and then they'll just flop there, you know. 
Are you still seeing the same thing in wintertime? Is it, is it summer and winter, same thing? Or is it, is it generally you're only good. seeing that in summer? They've still, got to, they've still got to drink, but it's not as good because they'll come down and they'll drink and then they'll go. So often Steve and I and, and his brother Pud, we will jump in our kayaks. Steve will take off. Go around, I'll give him 10 minutes, then I'll take off. And you'll hear Steve go bang, you know, and then I'll go around the next corner and then it'll be a pig. And there'll be more pigs on the bank than I'm thinking Steve's missed these pigs, but they've come in since he's been gone. And like he's gone past 10 minutes, pigs have come down, then I shoot him. And then behind me is Pud and then Aaron. <laughs> and then I've gone around a corner and Steve's shooting further up the thing and I'm shooting ones that he's missed. And then Pud's starting to shoot ones that bloody I didn't even see, you know, so... They're always coming down and back and down and back. So often, all if you've got the time, you just go, especially billabongs, down and back and down and back, and you just shoot just as many every time as if it's hot. But if it's a cold like winter, they still come in for drinking, but they're only coming in to drink. They're not coming in to wallow. Whereas that's where we're catching them out because they're hanging around the water longer because it's hotter, and then they might have a wallow, and then by then you've gone around the court and you're coming back around. Whereas if it's in the winter. They've come down, had a drink, and they've gone. You don't even see them. Mm. If you, if you, if you're not, okay, so <clears throat> let's say you've an interesting part is like when you, you said you wait ten minutes, you go down, and some actually come down in between. What a question yeah, I've got right. for you. Let's say you shoot one or two or three, whatever it may be. What's the closest? So let's say you've hit all three, or you've hit two out of the three, whatever it may be, and then you've said, "All right, I've shot them. I'm going to continue down river." What's the closest from you being shooting there? To, to get to the next lot of pigs. I mean, because, you know, you'd, you'd normally think, oh, well, if you hear bang, bang, the pigs, you yeah. know, may, maybe 100 metres downriver, maybe 200, 300, they'll be gone. What's the what's the closest you've seen pigs after you've, say, shot one or two or three and then you've, you've, you've gone down a bit further? Is it like, what's the closest the next lot of pigs have been? Yeah. Well, the, well, the classic example is my on my channel, I've got a teaser, you know, that one that goes for about 20 seconds. So when you click on my channel, it's got that pig coming from the bank up the bank and I shoot him, he rolls down the bank. Now that pig, he was within view on the opposite bank. I just shot a pig with the 3006 uh, that was asleep and I paddled a kayak right up. In fact, I, it, was so, it took me by surprise, didn't even get a video of this one. And I went boom and just smacked this pig right there on the edge of the kayak. And as it turned out, in within view was this tree I've then reloaded, got in the kayak, so I just started paddling again, 20 or 30 metres, and then I put the rifle up, and that's the bit you see uh, on my on my clip that's on my video. You can see the thing. So I'd only just shot a pig within, as the crow flies, probably 70 metres, I suppose, on the opposite bank. Wow. In view. And I shot this one to 30 or 6, like, boom, you know. <laughs> and then I paddled about... 10 strokes, and then I put the rifle up, and I'm like, oh, God, there's another pig. <laughs> and he was that ball that would ran up the bank, and I shot him just and, before and, he... And didn't even move, didn't even move from the shot, didn't even move. Nah, and, he, and he probably woke up from the shot and then thought, what the bloody hell was that, you know? So they yeah. can be, they can be, you know, one after the other. Yeah, literally. Insane, and, uh, isn't it? Within you, it's just, it's just um, yeah, yeah, it's really, sometimes pigs are, and it's not that they're dumb, they just, not expecting the danger to come from the middle of the billabong, you know. Uh, they'll hear shots and whatever going off. And uh, that's what that's the other thing with um, with properties. People often go, oh, a, a property that's shot out. A lot of hunters will say, oh, a property shot out. 
Well, it's never shot out because the property, say, for instance, just keeping it square, say, 10,000 square acres, right? And there's, say, 100 pigs on that at any one time. The place that's getting hunters every weekend, spotlighting, dogs, whatever, that's two days out of seven. So five days, the pigs are still just flopping around, not doing anything. And out of those two days that they're theoretically getting shot out, they they might not even come within 500 metres. And, you know, at night, whatever. So there could be pigs walking around, not even changing their habits on a place that's getting shot out, and they've never even seen a person for two years. Yeah, so, yeah um, good point. It's interesting when you put it like that, when you, you know, so where we go, we go on a place that's um, a place called Never You Mind. <laughs> Any chance and, you can give me the GPS coordinates of Never You Mine? Well, we've got a few places, but um, um, that that particular place, it's just always got pigs. And I know for a fact there's some big pigs out there that are not that they've never seen man, but they just never bump in it because they're walking around, whatever, and we might be smashing it one, three times a year. We smash 100 pigs, 100 pigs, 100. We might you know, shoot 300 pigs, but that's in one year. And then there might be a relative of that pig that knows that's been shot by Stu, but he heard the quad or, you know, and those pigs will then have more pigs and then they don't even know who I am, whatever, and then they'll grow old and die and, you know, yet we've shot hundreds everybody year off the place, you know. So it's just interesting. You've got to get right in. See, a lot of blokes will just stick to tracks and they'll spotlight and they'll just stick to tracks. And but we go around everybody tree and we push up every... We don't use dogs, but uh, dogs are handy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you were talking about thirty oh six. What are your what are your calibers? What are you shooting? Talking about that, I thought I'd bring that up too. Yeah, well, I've got three. I've got a gun, a set of eye rifle for the the thirty oh six that I've had uh, for years, and I've uh, and then I've got the thirty thirty. So I got given the well the Adler shotgun. You got to have it. Everyone's got to have a shotgun. So yeah, over yeah. unders are great side by sides and whatever um, auto ejects and whatever, but. I just like the lever, or even the straight pull. But I, the, you know, my tongue in cheek is straight pulls are like a, a semi-auto that doesn't work anymore. Um, they're good guns, but um, I just don't like them. But um, lever action got a bit of character about it, so you got to have a shotty. And I've got that. Uh, the thirty thirty is because Dad gave me um, that thirty thirty for Christmas. When I was about bloody 16 years old, and I was just still got a cart sell. It's just too bloody good. And I've shot freaking heaps of pigs that. And it is just too good. So it's a scrub gun. Six, you know, it's got 150 grain, 170 grain silver tip expansions. And you just, you know, short barrel, six shots, repeater. So it's it's really good. Um, and then the 3006, you can reach out to as far as you want and um, with, a, with a, you know, scope on top, left handed. So the 3006 M77. Ruger Mark II and, and I bought it brand new in 1992 and I've never but it's just never thought of me it's been great what, hey, what loads my, do you shoot with the, on the pigs with the shotgun what loads do you use what are your uh, SGs or what do you use yeah SGs we found that the SGs with nine pellets if you any further because we tend to stick to the modified shape we just stick to the modified we don't go full or extreme cylinder we just stick to that middle range so Adler's have got the, you know, one or two marks and three marks and whatever. We stick to the, the middle range, just stick it in there, and uh, that gives you a, a modified spread. Um, so anything out to 30 metres, 
the SGs with the nine pellets tend to have too big a gap. Um, close in, they're great, they're devastating, but out to bloody 20, 25, 30 metres, there's just too big a gap, and often pigs will just keep running. Yeah, yeah. So then the SSG, so the, the 18 pellets or 27 pellets with black oil hammer, there's more cloud, so to speak, of, of pellets hitting these pigs, and even though there are a lot lighter like um, pellets, they're, they're hitting more on the pig and it just smashes them. Mm. Yeah, and, and of course solids. So you've got the solids and uh, and 27 pellets or 18 SSGs are way better than anything else. And, yeah, I was going to um, say, I've yeah, seen them up close, mate. Shotgun, just devastating up close, yeah. eh? Devastating. And you've probably seen some of my clips where I've shot, like I've shot pigs on the bank that's 45, 50, 60 metres away and I'm hitting them, bang, and they're not moving. They're just going, oh, I just get of that, you know? <laughs> so, um, that, and that's that modified chug. It's not extreme, silver or full. Because full, you can sort of get caught out because when you fire solids through a full, it really does give you a lot of pressure in the barrel. So, you're better off having that little bit of expansion, so not too wide the extremes for ducks and birds when you're in the air, you know, type thing. So that middle range choke, you just stick with it. And you can use solids, you can use SSGs, and, and my my favourite is probably the the twenty seven pellet SSGs. You know, there they go. Mm, yeah, no, I've triple, seen them, man. Insane. Those type ones, game, you know, game loads. Yeah. Yeah, you must yeah, go, you, mate. You must go. I guess you're probably not. Re- what about centerfire? You're not you're obviously shotgun. You're not, but you're uh, not reloading. You just purchase off the shelf not ammo the for shoddy, the thirty oh no, six. No, I don't reload the shotty, but um, I reload the thirty thirty and I reload the thirty oh six. And cool. um, anything like I, I heard somewhere, I heard somewhere that one hundred and thirty grain as they go, they just be mm-hmm. devastating. And they might be if you're in a car and you've got the spotlight on the room, they just blow the head off or whatever it is that you're doing. But in my situation, when I'm shooting, running pigs and whatever, the 130 grain is not enough bullet to, to slow a pig up unless I'm shooting in the neck or the head. So 150 grainers are perfect. 165, 150, 165, 180 grain are too heavy. And uh, they have the similar effect as, as the 150, they, 130. They just they don't hit hard enough, even though they're a bigger projectile, and they'll go straight through. Um, and you've got a big pill that that hurts your shoulder when you fire it, and um, and they're not having the effect on the pig. So we found Steve and I found that the 150 grainers are perfect. They're going fast, they're going hard. There's a good weight in them, and uh, if you hit them in the chest, they're going to go, if not straight down, within the next 10 meters sort of thing. Mm. Um, and 165 grain. What's the biggest yeah, pig you've so, shot, eh? What's the biggest one you've shot, you reckon? How you ever weighed them or you just know they're just huge? <laughs> well, I've weighed them when, when I go out with Dave from Big Boar's one out. He's out um, he's out west as well and he, he's he got a all scales and stuff there. And he, he actually picks pigs. He, he'd just see a pig run and he'll just go, oh, that's, one, that's, a, that's an 80 grain dress. That's a 80 kilo dress, you know, and he's running through the place. <laughs> oh, okay. But well, he looks sort of about half a metre high, and of course, when you shoot it and gut it, it's an 80 kilo dress. Um, he's the god of pigs, and uh, he knows exactly what weight they are before you even bloody see them, sort of often. Whereas I've shot some pigs, and I go, geez, that's a big pig. And, um, and then you lift it up on the scales, and they're only like 80 kilos, full of guts. Uh, but I have shot some big pigs over the years, and, um, just haven't been able to weigh them, but just that big, you know, can't move. Sometimes I, I've got a 
try and pull them up the bank or pull up to get them for a photo. All, all I can do is roll them sideways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know they're over 100 kilos, those guys. But um, I would love to do a trip to like Europe and Germany where they get those big Euro boards that are like 250 kilos. Yeah. Oh, my God, they'd be great. Yeah, I've seen those That's guys quite, shooting quite from those difficult. decks and, you know, those decks they shoot yeah, on, they're well, coming through the woods. And... I, you know, I'd love that because you actually, sometimes I'm shooting from a rolling quad or paddling, you know, the kayak twisting around on me and I'm just counteracting that and shooting things as they're running. So if you're standing on a platform that's not moving, I'd, I'd, I'd do great for that. <laughs> I guess my next question, it's, it's kind of redundant now, but what's your favourite game to hunt? Pigs, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, no, well, my favourite animal uh, is the African cake buffalo. <laughs> oh, is that okay? So it's not I the pigs. Okay, well, I was totally yeah. wrong then, totally wrong. Yeah, I can't, I can't shoot them every weekend. I can't shoot, I can't shoot 50 or 60 on a, on a hunting trip. But the African cake buffalo, you Google... Bloody, uh, the yeah, the the uh, Nyati or the Mabogo or bloody the the Dugger boys there that they are my premier game and I shot I shot a beauty I've got the head mount of my sister's place and um but they are always on my mind is the big Cape buffalo the big curly horns not the North Australian water buffalo they're different um they're different you know but uh, and those guys you don't let them know you're in in the same grid square when you shoot one of them. And you only shoot them 10, 20 metres away as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they will take you out as quick as money look at you. They, when they look at you, it's like as if you, you owe them money. But, <laughs> um, but pigs are, like I did a three-week trip in Africa with Dad and I shot Cape Buffalo and Kudu and Parla, Bushbuck, all that sort of stuff. We came back to Australia and within two or three weeks we went out west shooting pigs. We had just as much fun with about a bloody lot like less money. But yeah. uh, pigs, are, there's nothing. If, if, if you've got a group of people together, group of hunters together, and just said, right, here's a, here's a white page and here's a tablet, I want you to come up with, you know, the most aggressive, the best sort of thing, you know, something that's going to cut you up, something that'll bloody charge you, something that can bust out of the grass, hard to shoot, smart, good snout. It is, it is a ball pig, an Australian ball pig. You can't go past them. So they are the premier game animal. And that's why I do love hunting. But, um, but I did say the Cape Buffalo because the Cape Buffalo is not like my little favourite. But um, but pigs, you just can't go past them. And, and I've been hunting them for many, many years. And one can bust out next week, one will bust out, and I'll be just as surprised as a little 16-year-old, you know. Yeah, Bloody it's good though, isn't it? You know, like you, you know, as they say, if your heart's not racing, it's just, it's just, you know, time to give it yeah. up, eh? If you, you know, if it's not, oh, if it's not right. doing it for you. But I mean, you know, I may still a lot of things get me. You know, hey, even you know, twenty years later, things get me excited that you think it's just the same way I was when I was eighteen. You know, but uh, hey, you've had excited. any close calls? You've had any close calls when he pigs busting out on you and trying to, you know, throw its tusks into you or anything? Like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been bowled over and, buddy, yeah, oh, geez, I've been excited as stand excited things. Um, especially my brother, I've seen my brother got cartwheeled over. Oh, my God, he got hit by a ball pig and he rolled over his back and bounced the other side. Um, <laughs> hey, hey one off. thing with that, do the pigs ever continue? Like they, like sort of, you know, like a mauling no, attacker no, or they normally just knock you over no, and then they're out of there? 99% of pigs, when, when it comes down to like, here we go, They'll run, or they'll stay put, and you'll ride straight past and you run over their tail. They don't move, and if they think that you can't, they can't. You can't see them. 
or you can't smell them, whatever, I'll just stay put. But when they do make the decision, they're off, they, they're gone. And 99% of the time, they're not going to just turn around and have a goucher on the plane. They're just going to try and get to that bush. The only pigs I've found that have charged me are either cornered or it's it's not really a charge. You're on their pad and they're running through the bush and they've been shot at from ages away and they just run along that pad and you're just standing on it and they're coming straight at you. Yeah, um, yeah. And you mistake it as a charge. But, or um, or if you spook the, them, you ever been like, you know, just, you, you know, you've walked up yeah, on one by accident and they're like, up. holy shit, you know, or anything like that? Yeah, I've had a few that have jumped up and spun around and gone, you know, what do the bloody hell are you? Um, but normally it's, they've either wounded and they're just, especially when you hear them when they get into um, fight mode. So we get into predator mode, which means we are ready to kill them. And they get into fight mode, uh, which means I'll, I'll, do my best because they know they sort of know we've got a gun and we you know and they'll they'll sharpen the tough and you hear this like click 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 you know you know type of thing and that's their that's them getting ready and uh they still die. So when you hear that click 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 in the scrub and often it's because you've wounded them, they're gone into the bush, uh it behoves behoves you to go in there and bloody face it. And um and often you go in there with something like an adler or the thirty thirty something real quick shooting. Yeah. Um, so, because, so, so, what's um, the clicking you mean? That's what's that? What's that? The... That's when they're sharpening the tough. So, that when when a boar really? is yeah. dead, if it's if it's a case of like life or death, so you're in predator mode because you've already shot it and it's gone to the bush. You know it's going there. You've gone up to it, and you can hear it. He'll be there going click, 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 click. And he's sharpening his tough. He click, 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 click to get him really sharp. Wow! And he doesn't know it, but that puts the wind up you if you've experienced it before because. That means when you get in range or with sight, eye view, he's going to come straight at you and he's going to try and get your fem- femoral artery like in between your legs. Wow. And bleed yeah. you out. So yeah. like they'll kill you. Um, but they don't hang around. They'll just you know, rip your inside of your leg and you'll bleed out uh, before you get back to the What, quads. do you reckon um, that's what they're looking for? They're going to hit you where? Like no, below the knee or they're that, going for the quads? That's, that's, what, that's what they um, – that's probably not looking for, but that's their natural – when you jump, you often they're coming between your legs, and when they lift their head, it's often right between your legs, and that's that's exactly where your femoral artery is. And mm. uh, a lot of blokes have been taken out um, over the years from pigs that have hit the inside of the leg, and they've bled out. Wow! Because that yeah. femoral artery, is, yeah. So um, you just got to hold your ground, and it doesn't matter how angry they get, because the last boar that charged me was under. I've got him on video. He charged me from the other side of the fence and he came through the fence and I was looking down through the tree because I'd wounded him and I was going in just to finish him off at 3006 and he came at me just like straight at me and if I if I didn't shoot or if I had a misfire or something happened he'd hit me but this pig was only sort of probably half a metre high but he's still 45, 50 kg of you know angry bloody boar pig with not much tusk but um, they put the wind up you and you just got to hold you. You just got to hold your ground. You don't try and run or you know just bang them straight in. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it seems crazy when, eh, when you think about it. Quad, when if you're on the quad, well then geez, you're on the quad. They're not going to jump up onto the quad. So there's pigs that have charged me on the quad, and I just bloody um, often they stay close. You just go the angle of the of the barrel, and you just as they get a bit closer, you just shoot them straight off off the barrel. You know. But, uh, but very rarely do they charge. 
And you shouldn't get in a position to try and make them charge either because sooner or later, you know, they, they'll get you because um, that's what they that's what they want to do. I wonder if you, when you said it was coming, if you didn't hit them, what they would do. Would they just go at you once and then knock you over and run? Or they, they, yeah, or they, will they knock they you over and then go you again and keep sort of, you know, keep hitting nah, you or what? Nah, no, not like, this, this is why I was saying before about the Cape Buffalo mm. is my favourite game animal because they've killed more hunters than anything, you know. I know hippo have killed more people in, in Africa than, than anything, but the Cape Buffalo has killed so many hundreds of hunters over the years because they think about what's happened. They can take a bullet, big bullet, and they'll go in and they'll go to the thick ship and then they'll go around a big sort of half circle and they will, they're designed to, when you go looking for them, they've already set up an ambush. And if they butt you, they don't run off. They just mash you into the ground. Yeah, well, it's insane, eh? You got to yeah. be careful, no, man. Hey, eh? I never thought with the the click and they're like sharpening them. I mean, I mean, how does that even oh, happen? Do, I mean, yeah. it's insane, isn't it? Yeah, and they do the same thing when you get that when they you see their frothy mouth when they're fighting other ball pigs. They're doing the same thing, click, 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 and they just get all this froth around their mouth just to sharpen up their tusks to rip into their mate. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you've got to be careful. Cool. People don't think, you know, you can walk, as you said, walk up on a pig. If they, you know, they'll dog it and just lay down, and then hopefully, yeah, you'll pass, and yeah. then you, they, they don't. Yeah, you know, it's too, it's too risky for them to try and run because they don't know what you are. So they just dog it, lie yeah, down, right. or, or sit down, smart. or whatever, or lie on their stomach, yeah. and then you know, and then but if you happen to walk on top of them, hey, they can they can get the shits, hey, they can get pretty shitty. Yeah, that's right. Crazy. Yeah, but it's, um, as I say, like this, normally it's one of a couple of things they've either get cornered and they'll charge or they've been wounded and they'll charge and uh, their aim is to get you and your aim is to finish them before they get this thing. but very rarely it's normally a running target and that's what I really do like about pig shooting is, is your marksmanship you know because I will a lot of people say geez you shoot a lot of pigs and you, you're shooting everyone and I will only ever shoot when I know in my mind in that split second that I've got a 90% chance of getting that pig I'll lift the bolt otherwise. It, it, I'll just let him run through the grass or through the trees. I'll just, no, I can't. I could get him, probably. 60%, no, that's not good enough for me. I'll just leave the bolt up. Yeah. But if I've got a 90% chance, even if it's, uh, it, it might be a half a second gap, I'll, I'll close that bolt and I'll shoot him. And uh, that's why I get a lot of shots. And, uh, and what you see on the video is a normal weekend. Like most of my shots are bang, run, pig runs, pig stops, you know. Um, uh, very rarely do I wound them or I miss them, you know, completely. Exactly. Because I just, when I take, and it's just that uh, discipline to say, nah, I'm not going to take the shot. I'll bloody, uh, I'll try you, I'll try you again tomorrow. And that's why I have those toasts. I used to get angry and I used to get disappointed, you know, I missed a big white boar or whatever. But now I'll sit to the camp and I'll bring out the bloody port and I'll go to that boar that got away. See you tomorrow, you know. And what you see me on the video, that's me. You actually fair digging, like, oh, you did well, you got away, but I'll freaking see you tomorrow. Exactly. Have a good life, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, mate, we'll just we've got a couple more questions, but we'll just go to another quick break. Couple more questions, and then we'll be right back. Being a member of an authorised and approved hunting organisation allows you to have both a genuine reason for owning a firearm and an opportunity to secure a New South Wales R licence for hunting in New South Wales state forests. The Australian Conservation Hunting Council is a genuine reason for owning a firearm and an approved hunting organisation for owning an R licence. You can find out more at www.achc.com.au The Australian Conservation Hunting Council. 
All right, mate. Um, summer or winter, what do you like? Uh, let, let's go both. Summer and winter or daytime hunting and nighttime hunting? What's your favourite? Well, I think in the future I'm going to love nighttime hunting. You know, we never did do night hunting at all. For years and years and years, Steve and I would be out there shooting pigs during the day and then we'd sleep all night. But then with the advent of uh, good torches and bloody, uh, especially if you put on your on your um, on your scope, and then with the night vision and the thermal stuff, oh my god! You know, we uh, often we find ourselves sleeping in the morning, you know, because we've been out so far, so much at night. So yeah, um, I think in the future I'm going to love night shooting more than day shooting. But I, there's nothing better than kicking the fire from the night before. Chucking a log on it, get it going, move the billy so it gets a bit boily and whatever. Chuck some coffee in, um, bacon egg burger, sun still hasn't come up, quads are kicked over to really get, get them warm, and uh, you're sitting there in, in winter because you're with the fire because um, winter's great because you get the cold mornings and cold nights, you know, and uh, you've got that fire atmosphere around the camp, and then off you go. And then you go out and pigs. Um, and you're either on foot or on the quad or um, not as good in the kayak, but you often might use the kayak in winter to get to a spot to go walking. Um, yeah. But that's probably the favourite type of hunting because it's more uh, all-round type stuff where you've got the campfire and the you know, cool nights, whatever. But then the next best is probably during the day in summer um, in the kayak and you know there's going to be pigs on the water, so uh, that's really cool too. And then my next best is probably with the advent of um, uh, game cameras where Steve's got game cameras he sets up on different places where we've got grain pits and whatever, and that a pig will walk past in the grain pit, and then he gets a text, a photo text, and we're in camp having a couple of beers, and we go, bing! And Steve would go, oh, there's a pig on the grain pit up. And we'll go, oh, let's go. And he'd go, no, no, let's wait till a few more come to the party. You know? And it'll be like, bing, bing, bing. So that night type stuff is good because then you go, oh, Jesus. So you're use, using sort of technology to help you out. And then you've got the advantage of night to get out there. And there's something about being out at night, um, especially with these guys with thermals. You know, it's all dark and, it's, and the pig, you know the pigs are there, but you can't see them, but they're only there. And when you look through the scope, there they are, you know, something. Yeah. Um, it's not fair, like my missus says. It's not fair, you know. <laughs> you got thermal, but you, they can't see you. And I said, yeah, look, but they are feral. You know, they do need to be bloody thinned out. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't like the word eradicate because I think every hunter's the same as me. Um where where the opposite greenies? Greenies go like national park, national park, national park. Yeah, okay. Well, then the ferals will just go and ramp it. Uh, we like the idea of thin and out numbers, so it's a manageable numbers. But a true hunter will not use the word eradicate because that means you've shot all the pigs and you've got enough to shoot. Uh, so we don't want that either. So we like the idea of uh, controlling. Now get out there and shoot 100 pigs, which on a property that might be 500 pigs, and you're helping the farm out and you're thinning the numbers out. Um, but to answer your question, I think um, I don't mind walking around early in the morning, especially winter when it's really cool. You trying out your buddy, uh, your different types of warm weather gear, and you got the beanie on and whatever. You you've just had a coffee at the fire, and then you go off for a bit of a walk and you shoot a couple of pigs. Um, you've got steam coming out your mouth, that type of stuff. And then you get back and then you're back by the fire and then you're warming up talking about what you're going to do before 
you go out again before lunchtime. And so I think winter, early morning walk around the bushes, you can't beat it, you know, because you've got that still, really cool, crisp air and you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's great. I know. I've seen you. I think I've seen you during summer. I thought, shit, it bloody looks really hot out there, doesn't it? You know, you're sweating, and <laughs> you know, it must be tough in the hot. summertime. Hot as ten hot things. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> mate. Uh, a story to finish off. Just tell us one of your your best days out hunting. What happened? And uh, yeah, share it with the audience. Yeah, well, I said to before that my uh, the the Cape Buffalo. So, um, I don't want to disappoint people without telling you a pig story, but. Um, um, I was in Africa with my old man, so Dad came with us, and we were over there hunting, and um, and we we're on three weeks. We we're basically following following Livingston's trail, so then we had trackers and skinners and guys. We all hired them all, and we went for three weeks through the bush, just hunting and fishing, whatever. And um, I came up with this because you have a guide, you have an African guide with you, so they're the hunting client, you know, you're a client sort of thing. And I had a four, five, eight uh, Winchester Magnum Safari, and um, so 500 grain solid, open sites, um, express sites, 25, 25 yards, 35 yards, and 45 yards, I think it was, something like that. Anyway, I had the sites all set perfect. We came up with these Cape Buffalo. Been, we tracked them for about 15 kilometres and it took us four days to get to them. Picked out the big one that I wanted to shoot, and uh, we got in position with the, start, with the wind coming to us. So they all, Cape Buffalo will follow the wind because they like to smell predators behind them to see you know, how many lions are behind them, but they don't sort of think that we might be in front of them. Sort of thing. And as they enveloped us, um, we picked out the one that I wanted to shoot, and it was about you know, 50 yards, 45 yards, 40 yards, 35 yards, right, it's just, 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 just right, bang. And uh, I fired the 500 solid, and I was aiming right low behind the shoulder, behind, you know, behind the front leg, and they all ran off. Anyway, the trackers had a look, couldn't find any blood and whatever. And the guy, the guide actually thought that I'd missed it. I said, I couldn't have missed it. And um, anyway, I was all disappointed because everything's got money. It was like, you know, lots of US dollars to shoot a cape up on this. You yeah. can't find it. Anyway, so I've gone, oh, God, I'm all disappointed. And then they said, look, the, one of the trackers said that the, the actual herd disappeared, but they weren't that scared. They went about three or four kilometres away. And we were hunting in the Zambezi Valley, so we went up and over another ridge and down another ridge, and we came on the same herd. And we got in the basically the same position, got in close, da, 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 you know, take two topping, coming through, and here's this big bull. I thought, all right, but, you know, this will do. Big brown horns, and that right, okay. Bang! Smack, arse overhead, got up, started running, and I reloaded, and I was bang, and the big cartwheel down, right outside. I uh, reloaded because I had one of these vests on that had the rounds in your chest. Yeah. Reloaded, walked up, uh, came in behind, and he said, "Should just put another one in his bloody, you know, in his right where the shoulders meet the neck." You know, bang, smack, dead. Um, got up there as we we're about to take some photos. The the um, the tracker is pointing to the front of the chest, and I said, "What's going on here?" And I had a look, and you just like as if someone had a like, you know, piping that you use for bloody, um, you know, just a real one-inch thick pipe, and it's just like you'd, you'd heated it up on a bloody, you know, fire and just pushed it right in like a branding iron, and it was just the bullet that I'd shot, that same buffalo, I'd shot and it went under his brisket, but it had just, all it did was creasing. So it was the same buffalo, 
that I'd shot at bloody half an hour before. Uh-huh, and that, right, and yeah. then the time I got it right. And then the bullet had gone through and then, um, and it was on the skin on the other side. So the head mount is now sitting there with a big 500 solid with the uh, rifling on the bloody, uh, on the solid sitting on his head. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd lost him and missed him and go, oh, yeah. But so then that, that, then that, that evened everything up. They went, oh, well, that's the same buffalo. He actually did go under him, but you hit him, you know, you went too far, loaded, you know, too low down. So I was really happy with, with the same animal, but there you go. Did you say you say did you say you had the you got the mount? Yeah, you got the mount. Yeah, yeah. Nice, so yeah. And in fact, I've got I've sold a lot of my heads off. I, I went up to Terry Hills Gun Shop in Northern Beaches, and uh, Paul that runs the gun shop up there. I walked in there the first time a few years ago, and I said, "What's a gun shop without any deer heads?" He goes, "Oh, mate, they're hard to bloody come by." And I said, "Mate, I'll tell you this: he's actually, all his heads in in the Terry Hills Gun Shop are shot, so he's got." Impala, he's got Stamba, Fallow, Hog Deer, <laughs> and they're all mine. Yeah, so oh, there you go in there. Hey, I guess heads. good to have them on show, eh? I guess good to have them on show. Yeah, well, that's right. I just sold them. I've sold a few other things like um, Tar and um, Bushbuck and Kudu and I've around, around the place. But, um, yeah, no, it's a classic. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, Mate, good if they want to, if the people want to find you, where do they go? So I know you said you're not too tech media savvy, well, but I know you're on Instagram because I'm going to tag yeah, you when well, I put the show out and tell us where to go. It's so funny. It's funny because um, when um, when people ask me, I just go, go to YouTube and they've got their phone. And I said, type in hunting and they start the W as number one, hunting with Stu. And uh, I get a kick out of that one. People go, oh, you're number one, topping. But I've got <laughs> an Instagram, so hunting with underscore Stu. Uh, and that's all my photos. And I've got a few little clips on there as well. But they're my two main – people find me on, on Facebook as well because I don't make it a secret who I am. Sort of thing. But um, I've got a lot of people that have requested me, and I, I apologise in advance. And if I don't know you, I generally don't accept you because you've, you've put two and two together. You see me on Facebook, and that's me. But, buddy, um, that's mainly for family and friends and whatever. You know. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, Instagram, hunting with underscore stew. Hunting with Stu on YouTube, that's, that's it. All right, guys, we'll check him out on Instagram. Hunting, is it, well, sorry, Stu, underscore hunting with underscore Stu? Hunting with underscore, underscore Stu. That's it. And hunting with Stu on YouTube. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. And thanks yep. for calling me out. Exactly. And, and, guys, don't forget, check him out on YouTube, Instagram. Give him a follow. And also, too, let him know in the comments that you uh, heard about him on the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thankfully, we were able to do it. It's absolutely fantastic. Stu, Thank you. I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.